This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Welcome to Turning a New Leaf, where we discuss the changing face of Canada as it prepares to legalize and regulate recreational marijuana across the country. Turning a New Leaf is produced by the Village Soundcast Network, and I'm your host, Sean King. Enjoy. On today's show, we're visiting Colorado. We're going to be talking to Trent Wallavec, who is the president of TGS National Holdings there and been a part of the legalized marijuana system for a number of years now, since 2014. His company grows, distributes, and runs retail stores in that state. Um, he talks about some of what he thinks we can expect when it goes legal in Canada, some stats that will probably surprise you, and my favorite part, his general pride and admiration for the history that we're about to make here in our country. So Trent is the president of TGS National Holdings, um, and I wanted to... Uh, I'm trying, I am going to get you to describe a little bit about what that what that actually is in a minute. But to set the stage for this, I wanted to provide a bit of background um, uh, for who you are. And if I get any of this wrong, by all means, feel free to correct me. Okay. So a graduate of Miami U with a BS in business finance. Now, what's the BS stand for? Uh, b- bachelor's of, art, or of Arts and Science, I think, something along those lines. Okay. You've worked in consulting. You had a full-time role in a Fortune 15 pharmaceutical and medical supply healthcare company. Uh, you, from April 2014 to 2015, of S- September 2015, you were the chief operating officer of an American cannabis company, Inc., and currently responsible for the national and international expansion of two of the largest cannabis brands, the Green Solution and Nectar B, in one of the fastest-growing markets in the world. So you were a money guy first, right? This was your, your goal, a finance degree, yeah? Um, so yes, with a, a finance degree, my, my goal was to move into investment banking. However, when I graduated from uh, college here in the States in 2008, that was really when the uh, antithesis of uh, the kind of melt- market meltdown uh, was, ha- was happening uh, yeah. here in the U.S. And so... At that time, um, there were no longer uh, jobs in the um, banking world, so I ended up moving into a, a consulting role right. and really helping um, companies do Sarbanes-Oxley compliance um, audits and, and getting ready to um, go public uh, from that perspective through an IPOs. And so what? It, this was 2008? Correct. Yeah, so at what point... Uh, did you make the, well, I, I was about to say make the leap, make the jump, but I'm guessing maybe it wasn't that dramatic or that instant, but at what point did you transition from, from working in that industry to becoming so involved in the cannabis industry? So uh, I would say it was uh, a little bit of a leap, um, from, a, a, a you know, a, a, a personal perspective, um, that leap occurred in um, early 2013. Wow. I went from having my role as uh, a pharmaceutical medical supply s- sales rep for a Fortune 15 company, uh, saw an opportunity to um, have a full supply chain solution for ancillary products 
for the cannabis industry, specifically here in, in Colorado, and tried to make the business case to my former employee uh, around having them do that. Uh, okay. For better or for worse, uh, they um, said no. And so I took that um, as, a, as an opportunity and as a challenge to uh, start my own company and uh, quit, quit my job and um, kind of everything else is, is history from there as far as um, starting that company, uh, taking it public um, through a reverse merger here um, in the States and really growing that company for, you know, the next two and a half years. Wow. So what is it you do now? Tell me, tell me a little bit more about TGS and your role in that. Sure. So the Green Solution is a vertically integrated business uh, here in the state of Colorado, meaning that we cultivate the plant, uh, we extract and manufacture the plant into uh, infused products, concentrated products, topicals, uh, tinctures, so on and so forth. And then we also have uh, retail outlets that we sell uh, through to both adult use uh, patrons and as well as uh, medical uh, patients uh, here in the state of, of Colorado. So with that uh, business being established here um, in Colorado, kind of using um, those as, as baselines, what my responsibility is within the company is now expanding Nectar Bee, which is our, our manufacturing extraction brand, and the Green Solution from a retail perspective, um, taking those and expanding those kind of best practices, knowledge, know-how, and bringing those in, into new markets, uh, both here in the U.S., but also internationally as well. And so through partnerships, um, here in the States domestically, um, we've gained acceptance from the Federal Trade Commission um, to, to be a franchisor and then have franchisees in markets that have a medical program and or adult use program. And then we've partnered with um, Organigram, OGI, um, there on the cultivation and manufacturing aspect right. from you know helping the, um, the LP get ready for... Uh, the adult use program there. And as we can continue to see how distribution is going to roll out um, as far as uh, dispensaries go for the adult use brand, um, we've helped Organigram and their other partners um, look to bring that to fruition as well for um, the Canadian provinces. Wow. So, Oh man, I have like a lot of questions all of a sudden. So I'm just going to start asking them. Um, so Fire away. Yeah. So first of all, I, I want to try to understand a bit more about the the way that it works in the States. Now I had some, I have per, some perceptions of what it is and I think I'm wrong, but um, you know, f what's happening in Canada, it, you know, is is that they're going to legalize it across the board and, and, and regulate it. And each province is responsible for how that gets managed and distributed, et cetera. Now, Correct. in the states, how does it work in the states? Because not every not every states it, it has a legal program. Correct. Correct. So um, we are still viewed by our federal government as a uh, industry that's uh, dealing in a scheduled one narcotic, and so there's no federal guidelines. There's no federal support from that perspective. So. First and foremost, I, you know, I, I want to, you know, kind of 
throw it out there that uh, we're very impressed and quite jealous of, of the position of, of Canadian businesses and, and kind of where they stand um, as far as the, the, the federal acceptance and, and being responsible in, in rolling that out. I think, right. you know, Canada as a whole and, and Justin Trudeau and, and all the other many people that are helping implement a program um, up there have done an excellent job. And, and, you know, I think it's something that, you know, they're, they're going to be on, on the right side of history as far as um, looking back at, at how a federal program will roll out, you yeah. know, not only from a, me, a medicinal standpoint, but, but a, um, na- a national adult use uh, perspective as well. So, um, well, I'm, you know, I'm first gonna... and foremost, that that's very different than, than what we have here in, in the U.S. Right. I'm going to thank you for that because one of my agendas is to get Justin Trudeau to talk to us and that little plug might help us. <laughs> a- a- absolutely. So, um, imagine kind of, you know, what, what you guys have, um, up there as far as, you know, with the adult use program, each province is responsible for kind of creating their own distribution platform. Yes. That is what's happening state by state here in the U S. Um, however, the state is in a predicament because, they don't know how the federal government's going to react when they implement a program, whether that's, you know, through legislation for a medical indoor adult use program, mm-hmm. or it's a ballot initiative and the people of that state, you know, approve a, a medical program and or adult use program. So it, it's a hodgepodge of rules and regulations and, and programs. And it's really quite confusing, unfortunately, for patients that are looking to have relief or, you know, people that, that want to self-medicate um, or enjoy it from a, an adult use recreational perspective. Um, it, it's, it's kind of very confusing and, and, and you know, so, somewhat of a deterrent uh, from people really understanding what the possibilities are of, of you know, cannabis as, as a whole. Right. So, you know, something, uh, you know, even the adult use programs uh, here in Colorado are different from what's in Oregon, what's in Washington, what's in Massachusetts. Um, wow. And then, you know, medical programs, what's going on in Illinois versus what's going on in Florida versus what's going on in Michigan. Um, we have 29 uh, states that have some sort of medical and or adult use program on the books that have been approved. And so all 29 of those markets are, are somewhat different, if not very different uh, from each other without any, a federal support or guidelines on, on how we can make everything kind of uniform uh, from that perspective. So it's, it's up to each of them. Correct. It's, it's up to the, the state legislators, um, you know, whatever the state uh, governing body is that that's assigned to roll out the program, um, it's really up to them to put to put together, you know, what the rules and regulations uh, are going to look like and, and what the program looks like overall. So take Florida, for example, a 21 million uh, population. There's 13 licenses there in total. Whereas here in Colorado, where we have a population of 5.5 million people, there's 
um, well over a thousand uh, licensed businesses wow. uh, here here in the state. So you'll you'll see both end of ends of the spectrum. You know, New York's another great example. They have uh, well over um, you know 20, 25 million people, and and they have. 10 licensed businesses there, there in the entire state. So you're going to have so, a lot of people uh, flocking to Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, over the last seven going on eight years now, um, since there's been a, a medical, a true medical program in place with, with brick and mortar storefronts, yeah. um, there, there has been a, a lot of opportunity, but we're now seeing really that the market's, kind of level out and, and start to, to move in a little bit more of a, what I'd call traditional business sense uh, rather than, um, you know, just having ex- excess demand uh, p- pent up and, and people trying to ca- capitalize on on what that looks like. So it went uh, in Colorado. When did it officially become legal? And sorry, uh, first of all, let me go back one more question. Uh, there's, you've been saying this the whole time. There's two, um, I guess, versions, right? There's the medicinal use, and then there's the adult use program. What Correct. does the adult use program? What does that look like? I'm not sure. I'm clear. Like, I mean, we're it's calling the adult it recreational. Use rec- recreational would be another term, right? Okay. Um, it, it, it's it's one and the same. Um, I, I just the perception of what somebody says when they say recreational to me, yeah. it's for fun. Anybody can go and do it. Um, it's very loosey goosey, no, re- no restrictions, no rules. Right. I just decide to go do something recreationally. That's quite the opposite of what an adult use uh, program uh, per- pertains to in, in, in my eyes and, and what we're trying to um really break that stigma of mm-hmm. having, you know, cannabis just be something that's out there to the public and, and, you know, be able to open and especially talk about what the positives are about the plant, but also the right. negatives um, to, to the plant or some risks that may be associated to it. But um, these are programs that are put in place for adults to make their own choices. And so therefore um, I refer to, recreational cannabis use as adult use right. um, cannabis. So is that your term or is that the state's term? Um, it, it, it flip flops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it, there's, there's uh, many, many different verbiages to sure. all of these programs, but um, ma- majority of the, the, the state refers to it as uh, adult use recreational. Okay. And so, That's what's just a mouthful the, for me? <laughs> yeah, what's the legal age there in Colorado for adult use? It it, it in all of the um, states moving forward uh, with adult use, it's over the age of twenty one. So same as alcohol. How we've yep, how we've been positioning it is uh, regulate it like alcohol. Mm-hmm. And is that does that pertain to the packaging and the branding and all of that too? Because that's a, a big question mark up here. How that's going to go. Yeah, we, we've we've been able to even um, you know self-regulate from a, a um, an industry perspective, um, but also it's within the regs um, regulations here in the state of Colorado. Everything must be in a child-resistant and opaque packaging before right. it actually leaves the dispensaries, and so that way 
uh, cannabis doesn't end up in, in somebody's hands that, that shouldn't have it, whether that's, uh, you know, a child or a, a pet or, or what have you. So that's really something where we've taken an even more kind of stringent line uh, in the sand versus alcohol. Uh, where you know you can twist off a top bottle and you, go. You, know, you have access to to, to liquor or, yeah. or or beer or wine what what have you but um, you know as far as a, a branding goes and being able to to build that um, we've we've been very cognizant of not again appealing to children or really making sure that we're responsible f- from that perspective as well uh, when it comes to marketing. Uh, we can't actually advertise anywhere that somebody under the age of 21 could possibly see okay. um, the, the the brand or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we are, you know, much more restricted down here. But you know what what we've seen here in in the U.S. Um, as we've continued to watch the evolution of of the industry, um, we may start with something extremely restrictive, such as, um, low THC, high CBD program where CBD must be above 10%. THC must, must be below 0.08% THC. Wow. And then, you know, people get comfortable of that program. Then they expand it to the medical program. Then we, you know, expand it to adult use. Now it takes, you know, multiple years to have that happen, but People realize that, you know, the sky's not falling, zombies <laughs> yeah. aren't walking around on the streets because they're they're high. People are, you know, still going to work. You know, Colorado, for example, has the lowest unemployment rate in the entire US. It's in the 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 two point seven to two point nine range. Wow. Um, so everything that people have had that Conditation around cannabis, um, that's being you know disproven as we continue to kind of go through what was called back you know January one of 2014 the great social experiment uh, around adult use cannabis and and having full legalization. Right. Um, you know everything has continued to grow from people moving here, real estate prices going through the roof, both from you know, home values, residential values, commercial values. Uh, like I said, there's been, you know, roughly 27,000 jobs created, uh, and maintained wow. in the cannabis industry for, you know, 2017 alone. That's people that are, are, you know, both directly involved with touching the plant, but also, you know, ancillary businesses as well. So, um, all of the stats, you know, kind of, again, show that the sky doesn't fall when adult use cannabis comes online. And, you know, what we always, you know, kind of help people understand is, you know, slowly but surely we're, we're more than happy to do sort of the crawl, walk, run um, kind of strategy when, when it comes to you know, getting people comfortable with cannabis. Right. So it, was it 2014, I think you said, to January 1st, 2014, then it went legal? Correct. Um, that was the, the first day that uh, businesses here in Colorado could sell cannabis to anybody over the age of 21. Okay. 
So help me understand then what January 2nd looks like. So <laughs> this is... Oh, well, 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 Jan- January 1 was, was just as crazy as January oh, 2nd Oh, that was the first well. day. Okay, I got it. Yeah, so... so, so um, my, my, my cousin, um, she, she was a, an owner operator that, um, you know, I, I helped stand up her business, um, in getting ready to, to flip, make the flip from medical to both medical and adult use. Right. And so, um, what the state allowed was for us to actually transfer, um, any, percentage of our medical inventory over to adult use inventory. And then that's what we could actually sell on, uh, January 1st of, of 2014. So, um, the green solution who, you know, I'm part of now, um, those, those, uh, those two gentlemen, the two co-founders, Eric and Kyle Spidel, um, had two stores open on January 1st and, uh, Brooke Gehring, my, my cousin, uh, we opened one of the, um, another one of the stores that were open and in total there was only 10, um, open that, that first day, I believe. And, uh, we, we had people driving in from Maine, for example, you know, trekking across the U S during you know, new year's Eve to wait in wow. a three, four hour line, um, to be able to, to purchase cannabis, uh, because they were over the age of 21 and they were in Colorado. And the, the, the craziest thing to me was just how happy people were um, with being able to have the choice um, to be able to, to purchase cannabis. Right. Uh, we, had, we actually had multiple people come into the store and actually try to give us back you know, the, the, the regulated product that they had purchased. So if they bought, for example, a, an eighth of flour, they, they, they only wanted the receipt and the bag and, um, the packaging to, to be able to show off. They, they, you know, were not cannabis consumers. They just enjoyed kind of the social freedom to be able to finally have the right to purchase something that, uh, that, that many people think, um, has been mishandled over the last, you know, 50, 60 years, uh, you know, across the globe. So we, it's supposed to be happening here on, Canada Day next year, which would be July 1st for us. And I think there's a lot of um, questions about <laughs> what's what's that going to be like? Is it going to happen? You know, there's, I've heard people referencing it as Canada Cannabis Day now. It's going to be forever <laughs> changed. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone really knows what to expect, but you guys are now, what, three or four years into this. What, what You started talking about it a minute ago, but what what's happened since? Uh, everything is, you know, acting as if it was, uh, uh, just any other normal day in, in any other state, you know, across, across the U S I, I don't think, um, it, like I said earlier, the, the sky doesn't fall, uh, p- people don't become lethargic and, you know, wander around the streets, um, and, and, you know, not end up doing anything with their life, but, but rather, um, the economy is booming uh, here in Colorado, um, many, many people are having jobs created for them. The state has, you know, collected well over 300 to $400 million of, of tax revenue. A majority of that has gone back to schools, uh, here in, in the state of Colorado, um, towards, um, you know, towards uh, police, towards fire, towards, 
Um, you know, anybody that may or may not have, uh, you know, ad- addictions around substances, um, helping people be educated around that or, you know, recuperate if they so choose. Um, and, and all of this was, was, you know, made possible by proper, properly regulating and taxing, uh, cannabis. And right. so, um, you know, we've seen, you know, domestic disputes down, we, we've seen traffic, uh, incidents down, um, you know, continue to, you know, see over the, like you said, the last three years, um, society act in, in a much more responsible way and, um, you know, c- continue to, to operate as, as if it was any other day, whether we had cannabis or, or not right. have cannabis. <clears throat> some, would, some would argue that maybe it's always been there, just we weren't openly selling it or openly talking about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, communication in, in my, in, in my eyes and education is really what needs to occur to have people make the right decisions. And majority of those people are, are always going to, or not always make the right decision, but majority of the time they're going to make the proper decision and, yeah. and being educated around, you know, the effects, um, uh, of what, you know, alcohol is versus tobacco is and actually having those conversations around cannabis, I, I feel like people are able to to make the responsible choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I know if I have 10 shots of liquor, I shouldn't be driving home. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's it's the same way. I, I know that because I've been educated and, and I know the effects that alcohol has on me. And so, right. um, as we continue to have these conversations and, and continue to be educated around, you know, cannabis as a whole, I think, um, people, you know, understand and, and know what decisions, um, you know, that, that would work and, and they shouldn't be doing. Right. There, I heard, uh, they were talking on the radio about this here last week. Um, there's some concern going on currently about the, um, opioid addiction and, and overdoses, uh, in this province anyway, you shared with me an interesting stat about that exact issue, uh, in Colorado. Do you remember what that was? Yeah. So, uh, opioid overdoses, um, and this is not just in Colorado, but this is in, in the U S right. um, as a whole, um, where there's a, a medical cannabis program and or adult use cannabis program, there's actually been a reduction of roughly 25% um, in, in those opioid overdoses. So um, people are looking to cannabis um, a, as a substitute almost. So they're using it as a, a painkiller. Correct. Yeah. Uh, a painkiller or, you know, some sort of uh, device to, to get away from, from what they're, they're experiencing. And so, you know, cannabis is a, a <clears throat> is not something you can overdose on. Um, there's, you know, no, no cannabis, uh, overdose deaths that, that I'm aware of, or, or really anybody's aware of. Right. And so, um, you know, you drink too much alcohol, you pop too many pills, uh, you're in trouble. Yeah, um, you, you smoke too much cannabis, you know, you may have to go to the hospital, but you're not overdosing or you may fall asleep for an extended period of time, but, uh, you're, you're not at risk of, 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 passing away. Right. So, um, yes, pe- people from what we understand, um, and, and this is all again, um, you know, studies that are being done. Um, but you know, we need, we need to continue to do these studies to continue to learn about cannabis as this all opens up and, and we become, 
um, more and more uh, aware of, of what, you know, cannabis can, can do, um, for, for society. Um, you know, this, this is something I think, um, you'll see kind of help curb that, uh, those, those addictions, um, just again, all anecdotal, uh, pieces, but unfortunately we haven't been able to, to do any, uh, legit studies around, uh, you know, those, those sorts of, of, uh, stories, but, right, those connections. you know, we, we, yep, yeah, we, 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 I think, um, you know, need, need to look at, <clears throat> look at all options to combat against, you know, opioid abuse. Um, it's, it's, it's been around for quite some time. Um, you know, my old company, which was a pharmaceutical and medical supply company, um, this was something we were talking about, you know, back in 2009, 2010, and it's, it's only been getting worse over the last, you know, seven, eight years. Yeah. So I think we've kind of hit that critical kind of, uh, inflection point where we need to look at all options, um, to help combat this because there, there's not just one answer. There, there needs to be multiple answers for, you know, everyone out there that that's suffering from, you know, opioid addiction and, you know, which turns into, you know, even more, addicting substances that, um, you know, become even, even worse for, for individuals. Right. So Trent, what were, I mean, maybe this is one of them, but what were some of the things that any major surprises that you witnessed over the years, be them good or bad? Um, you know, maybe something like all the things that you just told me, reduction in, in, you know, drunk driving offenses or domestic abuse, uh, charges have been dropping. That's, uh, a little bit surprising to me, but what about from your perspective, was there anything major that happened and you went, whoa, did not see that coming? Um, as, as far as, you know, a, a ne- negative outcome, um, it, it, it really, I think has been, been difficult, um, to, you know, continue to have the, the conversation, um, the, the, the social backlash and just having the industry be, be treated or continually to be treated, you know, kind of as this redheaded stepchild almost. Um, I personally think, um, you know, banking has been a big challenge, um, down, down here in, in the U S I don't think that'll be an issue. Um, you know, uh, in, in Canada. Um, so, uh, many, many of the banks here in the U S, um, if they're FDIC, chartered banks. So a, a U.S. bank, a Chase Manhattan bank, mm-hmm. um, there, there are guidelines called the FinCEN guidelines that, um, you know, allow them to bank cannabis. But again, because of the, the federal kind of, again, regulations or lack thereof, um, a lot of those large institutions won't, won't, won't bank the oh, cannabis they industry. They won't fund it. Right. Yeah. Or they, 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 not only will they not fund it, but they won't open like a deposit account um, for for business for any businesses that are in in the cannabis space. They won't so take your money. They they won't take no. They won't take our money. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, we've been fortunate enough to have banking relationships um, since the inception of our business. But but there are many businesses that. Um, you know, have, have challenges, um, uh, uh, just around banking in general. So there's, you know, there's some, some risk, um, there, but obviously fortunately with you guys having, you know, the federal, um, 
you know, guidelines, regulations and, and support to be frank. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue, um, for, for businesses or for individuals, um, that are in the cannabis space. So, you know, I just imagine this utopia where we have federal support and it, and it's hard for me to, you know, imagine there not being, or there, there's, there's, you know, additional downside to, you know, uh, legitimizing cannabis uh, through a regulated and commercial scale op- operations, um, both, you know, from cultivation manufacturing, but, but retail, as well. Yeah, there's a, I mean, you know, and part of the reason we're even having this discussion is there's so much discussion about what's going to happen, what needs to be considered. Have we considered everything? I mean, it is a big step. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, even when you were saying that earlier, I was getting goosebumps while you were talking about that. And not so much from the like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited. But more from uh, like, this history is actually, this is happening, you know, and, and the government is allowing that to happen. So it's, um, it's pretty fascinating. Here's some of those stats that you're talking about, all the things that have happened in in, in, in your state in particular. I mean, I I, um, I don't know if if those types of things are even being considered uh, when people think about it later. Everyone has a lot of questions, you know? And it's funny, you mentioned the sky didn't fall. I think in some people's minds, you know, the day it happens, it's going to be chaos in the streets. I mean, I, I really don't know what to expect, but uh, you guys have been through it. Yeah, it's... it's um it's hard. Ch- change is the only consistency in somebody's life, in, in anybody's life. Um, and when you've been taught something or, you know, been told that, you know, something should be one way for your entire life. Um, yeah, right. And, and then to have that change come, it, it it's never a comfortable situation, whether that's, you know, cannabis coming or, you know, down here we're we're going through big tax reform. You know, there's still yeah, we've heard angst a bit about, that. about what. Yeah, that's there's still <laughs> angst about that. Um, you know, certain people coming into power uh, versus other people coming into power. I mean, there, there's there's angst around change. Period. Everything, no matter yeah. what that change is, um, I can tell you with certainty that both Health Canada and the LPs and the provinces have been doing their due diligence for the last two years. Uh, a lot of the LPs have obviously been operating much longer than that under the, the medical program. Right. Yeah. But there, there are now, you know, baselines and guardrails and, and, you know, real life examples of what has worked with the Colorado program has worked with the Washington program has worked with yeah, the Oregon right. program has worked with the Nevada program with the, the, you know the twenty nine the twenty nine states um, that have medical and and the eight states that have adult use. Mm-hmm. Um, Health Canada, the government, the LPs, the provinces they've they've all been doing their homework because they've they've come to the state of Colorado. They've listened. They've learned. They're applying what they know to be the the best case scenario mm-hmm. uh, and what will work best for for Canadians um, or anybody else that comes to get the visit and yeah. enjoy adult use cannabis. Um, you know, that, that's something they've, they've prepped for. Um, that's something that it's never going to be perfect. No, no program that rolls out right. is going to be perfect when it's this much of, of a change, but 
a lot of people are being extremely responsible mm-hmm. and doing what, what they believe is, is going to be best case. And, and yes, there's going to be change and, and there's going to be refinement of the program and there's going to be speed bumps. But at the end of the day, the, like I said, that the sky doesn't fall, you know, n- nobody is, you know, go, going crazy on the streets. Um, it's, it's kind of that nomenclature that has been beaten into everybody's head over the last, you know, 50, 60, 70 yeah. years, at yeah. least down here in the States, um, that, it's now flip. And so, yes, uh, no, nobody's going to be comfortable. Did, did I know what was going to happen? You know, January 1, 2014, when I, you know, was working 48 hours straight to get the store prepped and ready to, to open. No, but just to be able to see the people that came in and, and how, you know, happy they were about the social change and having the freedom to make a purchase to, to me, that was, you know, well worth all the effort. And, and I think people, when they have that freedom, they're very responsible and, and, and understanding what, you know, really the, the, what, what weight is on their shoulders. I, I think, you know, right. people have been mu- much more uh, respectful and, and conscious of, of making sure that the, the programs work and, and work well, both from not only the operational um, industry side, but the regulators, people that are going to come in and, and audit the business, um, the legislators and, and all the leadership, um, whether that's, you know, Canada at the federal level, the province level or the LPs um, yeah, or the privatized uh, or the privatized uh, businesses that are going to be involved on, on the retail side. So we're, we're being given the responsibility and I guess it's up to us not to screw it up, huh? I, I, think that's, uh, you know, I, I think, I think that doesn't just go for cannabis. I think that goes for a, a lot of decisions that, that people make across the board. Yeah. Good point. You know, some, some, somebody can walk into a liquor store, uh, a spirit store, as you guys, uh, you know, call it up there. But, um, I, I don't walk into a liquor store down here and buy, you know, 25 bottles of, of Jack Daniels and go, go home and drink 25 bottles of Jack Daniels that night. Right. right. Um, it, it's, it's all about, uh, un- understanding, you know, the product and, and being educated around, you know, ma- making the right choice. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it can all fall back on, you know, regulators, legislators, you know, b- businesses, but, uh, you know, in, in my understanding, pe- people are very responsive to, to, to understanding the impact that, uh, reform in cannabis is, is, is going to have, and they've been very respectful uh, of kind of having that uh, that opportunity to, to show, um, hey, it's it's not you know it's not reefer madness 2.0 when we can, we can uh, adult, handle it when it yeah when adult use cannabis comes uh, becomes illegal. Well, Trent, I hope uh, maybe we'll chat in a year or after it's been legal for a while and, and compare some notes. But uh, look, I appreciate you bringing the perspective from a, a place that has been dealing with that for a few years. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I want to thank you for being on the show. It was a good chat. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having me. And uh, I would love the opportunity to uh, continue the conversation as, as the program rolls out uh, in, in Canada. Sounds good, man. Thank you. All right. Great. Thanks. Wow. A potential look into our future from Trent Wallavec. I mean, I mean, that was very interesting for me. I have to tell you, I had a real proud moment. Like, I literally got goosebumps at one point during that conversation. And, of course, that was when he brought up the whole Trudeau thing and what we were trying to do in Canada. And I don't know if anybody listening really realizes this. Currently, 
And I mean, maybe by the time this airs, this will change. But currently, there is only one other country in the world that has a legal program similar to what we're about to have in Canada, and that's Uruguay. So not only one other country, but, you know, a a rather small country. So people are watching. And as Trent said, you know, we could be setting the stage for what's about to happen in other countries. And he took a particular interest in what was was going on here and how that might unroll. I have to tell you, I was at a a cannabis conference back in April of last year in Toronto. And one of the things that I realized was how many people were visiting that conference from other countries for the same reason. They're actually really, really interested in seeing what's going to happen with Canada, as I am. I mean, you know, you hear Trent talk a lot about the economic impact there. And I I think what encourages me the most about what he was saying was the reduction of opioid dependencies and and the reduction of um, deaths due to opioid overdoses. Look, I, I can't you know, speak to the credibility of the number. Um, but if I take it at face value, a 25% reduction in opioid overdoses is nothing to be um, to be laughed at. I mean, that's a serious, serious reduction. Um, and I think if that's one thing we can look forward to as, as this becomes legal, that's something. Very interested to hear that banks won't touch it, you know, that they won't touch the revenue and, and still speaks to some of the volatility around the business and, and how comfortable people are or are not uh, when it comes to doing business in this uh, industry. Um, you know, I guess my take is that once the novelty wears off on this thing, I have to imagine Canada Day next year. I, I mean, who knows? I'm already excited for it, as I'm sure many people are, and not... I'm excited for it to see what happens, what's really going to happen on that day. And my, my guess is that there will be this spike in trial and usage and, and um, everyone will be running to the store and actually buying it because they can. As, as Trent mentioned, some people were buying it just to take a picture of the receipt to say that they could. Uh, I mean, that's crazy, but I, I kind of get it. I mean, this is about to happen. So I would imagine that uh, something like that will happen here. People will go get a little excited at first, but eventually this will settle in and become a part of our everyday life here in Canada. Um, again, which is which is crazy. It will find its regular place in society and we'll all learn to live with it. And I think that that's kind of what my takeaway is from this conversation. As Trent said, change is the only consistency. You know, July 1st, 2018, and we're going to see how things go. Um, I think that the government of Canada and our country, we're doing the due diligence. We're taking the steps to make it work. And at the end, again, in many ways, this does come down to us. It's up to us to use responsibly to make proper choices. And I hope that we do that. I hope that as Canadians, we all do what we can to make this a successful transition into everyday life with a legal and regulated adult use cannabis uh, program in our society. This is about to happen. I think back to a couple episodes ago when um, I think it was Dr. John Gillis who said, we can turtle or we can educate ourselves. And I think that's the responsibility that we have is to educate ourselves, uh, learn what we can and use responsibly. So that's another wrap on on Turning a New Leaf. That was Trent Wolovec from uh, Colorado. In a couple of weeks, we'll be talking with Tim Kahoot. Tim is the founder of The Camp, which is a marketing and branding agency. Uh, And Tim was responsible for creating a weed myths program for young adults uh, in Canada. 
And Tim's got lots of perspective on what he's learned when uh, working to do something like that for teens. So Tim will be here in a couple of weeks. Turning a New Leaf is produced by the Village Soundcast Network. And I'm your host, Sean King. Thanks for joining us. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 